Hey guys, welcome back. BDCKR here. We're back with Season 9, Episode 7 of our weekly Q&A videos. If you're on YouTube, links in the description to access us on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, getting straight into it, I think. We don't have any housekeeping or anything this week. No, but I, oh, I do want to point out that the, with the team that you're watching in this one, it was the one that was just on the weekend where we explained the whole setup and the gears and stuff. Hmm. And I want to point out if... When you see Killing Joke Joker appear as the first slot, this team is especially fun to play because it's set up in a way to deal with not having to wait out Killing Joke Joker. Just take him out, and you don't even have to eat any of the supers because when his part or his uh, teammates come in with three bars of power each, totally handled. Mm-hmm. They don't even get to use them. So there we go. Uh, so. Our first comment of the week comes from Ryzen Vacha, and they say, Debate, Red Sun Green Lantern is by far the most underrated card in the game. So underrated is an interesting question, right? So underrated mm-hmm. assumes, I guess, there's two parts to it. Yeah. One, it's really good, mm-hmm. and people don't know that it's really good. Yeah. And Red Sun Green Lantern is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's underrated, though. Yeah, I feel like people have a sense that he's good. I think there's something... I guess it, it depends on how you approach it, right? Like, in my mind, I'm always thinking about what it's like to use them and what it's like to face them. Mm-hmm. And I hate facing a Red Sun Green Lantern team because no crit, no stun, some of the strategies for really ramping up your damage output yeah. gets negated by Red Sun Green Lantern and any Red Sun people on his team. Mm-hmm. So I'm always aware of it. Like, I don't, I'm not in the middle of fighting that, oh, I forgot. Yeah. They're they're harder to fight than they than everybody else. It's not like that. Like it's just if you, I feel like to me an underrated character would be like Containment Doomsday, where a bunch of people hate him and he's just really good. Yeah. So I think maybe the disparity is because Red Sun Green Lantern is not nearly as good in offensive teams. Mm. Just because you know, it's just making you harder, harder to kill, harder to knock down. Right. 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 But yeah, I, I think he, he gets this too. He's definitely really... I, I never feel like he's underrated when we face him a decent amount and go, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I feel like if there's going to be characters that are underrated, it's the ones that have a really good passive. They've traditionally been considered lower tier characters. Yeah. But they are wicked to have on your team. Mm-hmm. And I, I have one person in mind, Hawkgirl. Hawkgirl mm. Prime. I think she's the most underrated character in the team because when you think about considering how everybody's using Tantu Totem when they have it. Yeah. That you really do want to place a priority on somebody who can tag in and tag out, like to decrease the, the cool-off time. She's really underrated. and She should be on... I expect to see her on so many more teams than she actually is. Nice. Is that, yeah. You know what I mean? Is that... Uh, yeah, I feel that. I get you. Yeah, it's hard to think about because that two-part thing. Like, I almost don't know how other people feel about characters necessarily. Right. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say for sure. So that that half of the underrated is always hard to determine. Right, right. Yeah. And I, the next comment isn't even one that we're going to answer. We actually dealt with it last week. Couldn't remember who it was, and I was able to pull up the the name of the person who'd mentioned specifically that using Lex Core Gear like two pieces against mm-hmm. Batman and Catwoman actually gives New Fifty Two Superman all three stacks of passive, which is basically six bars of power. Yeah. When she does one combo, you block it because she just does that much power drain that ends up getting reversed. Yeah. And 
are you going to try to say the name? Oh, you have to say the oh, name. I think it's Christian Isakowski. Let help me out here. I think it feels like I want to say that it's like an Eastern European name, like yeah. a variation. Because the anyways. So there we go. Yeah, I think that was that was it. I just want to give credit for that idea because it. I knew that the idea was there that she. Uh, you reverse power drain, but you don't really get a sense of the extent of it when you only have three bars of power to get, and you get it almost instantly. Yeah. But that he needs, New 52 Superman needs six bars to trigger all three sort of stacks of his passive. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think we felt, I feel like we talked about it last time that it's probably still not worth it to have your strategy revolve around that because otherwise mm-hmm. you're, he's really only geared to be helpful when he's facing her specifically. Yeah. And there's so many fights where you don't face her. And I think there's so many other strategies that you can use to handle her without having to commit one character to their gear slots to that specific situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So there we go. Um, our next question comes from Injustice Gods underscore YT. And they say, what's your secret of not getting bored ever? So this is an interesting one. I think it's the YouTube channel. If you mean from Injustice, it's the YouTube channel. And if you mean from not Injustice, it's because we're busy all the time and we still get bored. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's just, yeah. the, the, the person asking is Injustice Gods underscore YT. So I think they've got their own YouTube channel. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we, the, it's hard to get bored of the game when we have the channel, right? Yeah. And you can play more or less of the game, right? And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but this is sort of the, the core piece of, like, I would say the most important way that we engage with Injustice, right? right? right. By a decent margin. Uh, and the, the gameplay and stuff surrounding it. It's the same way um, the gameplay is, like, moderately engaging, but the fun part is the planning yes, and uh, yes. the building out stuff. This yeah. is, like, a layer on top of that, where, you know, the planning and building out is cool. But then the real fun for us is the the next layer back. It's the making content about it. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think both of it is hard. The way the playing actually fits better. Part of it is having the channel makes it a little bit more interesting to think about how it's going to present yeah. to people. But then the other part is the way it's fit into my life, at least, is mm-hmm. I sneak it into little moments. Yeah. So I don't have as much of a chance to get bored because, one, we're not grinding to get stuff the same way where we're waiting you know, when you're, it's one thing when you're in a game and you've got what you need and you can play the way you want. Yeah. It's another thing when you can't play the way you want, you're struggling and you know that if you can just reach this milestone or that milestone or whatever, mm-hmm. the game is going to open up for you. Yeah. And to me, the game has opened up for us a long time ago. So that really is a, a bit of a sandbox. And the perfect example was the video on Saturday with Lobo, mm. uh, Lobo Redeemed, is that he's been sitting in our collection for a long time and... I guess subconsciously, the idea of trying to make him work has been stewing. Right? Yeah. He's got that great passive that, you know, in, in a world of Tanty Totem, most really good effective teams, fast teams, have a special specialist that tags in with Tanty Totem and does a special two. Mm-hmm. He's got that perfect special two that just ramps up every time you do it. Yeah. More damage over time, lasts longer, more special two damage. Yeah. And it was always such a struggle to make them work. And there was sort of the perfect confluence of stuff where it's, you know, it's percolating in the back of my mind. Red Lantern Hell Jordan is the challenge character for this week. Yeah. And it just occurs to me that one of the problems I have is New 52 Wonder Woman is just so good. Yeah. It's hard not to play with her on a team. So when you 
choose specifically to make the fights harder, there should be some sort of redeeming quality. And Red Lantern Hal Jordan actually gets over that because Lobo has Tentu Totem. Red Lantern Hal Jordan has his power. Now he loses it, but it's amazing how many special ones you can get and how many people you can strip their gears with Red yeah. Lantern Hal Jordan as soon as you tag him in. That makes it so much fun. And he's disabling specials too, the way we've geared him out. Mm-hmm. So part of it is, and, and we don't feel like we have to force ourselves to do something like that every week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what helps keep it from getting bored is because all the possibilities are there. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, our next comment comes from uh, Sad Shake, and they say, uh, our devs at subreddit are so strict that they banned me just for asking others' opinions on changing gear by clicking at power credits during an online ladder. And then a laughing, uh, crying emoji, and then a skull emoji. Yeah, yeah. So seemingly not too broken up about it thankfully yeah it's interesting though right like i guess there's so many different ways that people define or set rules for their own spaces yeah and i think it's totally legitimate right like in the in the injustice subreddit they've got a, a specific thing against talking about glitches yeah and i guess that would fall under glitches like cheating basically right yeah and i think and i guess our position has always been that Cheating is not so bad. Hacking is sort of off limits for us, but we don't really care if people talk about it. But I can totally see how in yeah. a discussion where people are trying to have one type of discussion, it can get derailed really fast if it really sort of sort of branches off into like whatever strategy you use, it branches off into uh, cheating. Yeah. And I will say it's unfortunate if you're engaged in injustice and uh, that's not the space for you and you want to have a space for it and you don't feel like you have one, that would be yeah. a little unfortunate. Yeah. But I think what we have to remember and be kind of grateful for is for a lot of games this, like in the life cycle stage that this they're at old, right now, uh, it's impressive that there are still devs or uh, not devs, sorry. Moderators? Uh, yeah, they said devs and I uh, I use their words. But yeah, the moderators on the subreddit yeah. are still active and enforcing yeah. it because I think what is would be a lot more common than uh, a moderator being a little stricter than you'd like mm-hmm. is uh, old subreddits that are entirely unmoderated right. that have either right. almost no content or the content that they do have is like spam or unrelated or low right. quality right. and finding sort of a, a dead or dying space where yeah. there's not much going on. So I think having right. active moderators that are actually enforcing the rules like that and making those calls right that's they're invested and plugged in i think that's actually a really great thing yeah on the balance and the i guess the sort of adjacent idea that this question made me think of was that so we our channel really blew up when we were doing a lot of the glitches and stuff yeah and it's it's funny to me though that we've been on that subreddit for so long. There's lots of good information there. We participated in it. And I think we're on pretty good terms with at least one of the moderators, two of them Mm -hmm. moderators. And we never have an issue because we recognize, you know, like there's different rules for different spaces, right? Like pooping is okay in the bathroom. It's not good in the kitchen. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And, you know, to have those rules, it doesn't even need to necessarily be an ideological thing. It doesn't, you don't even need to have a strong opinion on glitches to say that this isn't the space for talking about them. Because I think the other thing too is that, you know, you'd have to ask the moderators for their internal logic, right? I obviously don't know what they're thinking. But if we think about our channel when it was really popping off, right? When we were at sort of our highest engagement, our highest views and everything. Right, right. Uh, 
like the vast, vast, vast majority of comments were based on uh, glitches and stuff and right. asking for troubleshooting and all right. of that. Right. And it created, you know, a space that we were fine with. But if you were just coming, if the discussion was the only thing, if there wasn't a video attached and people were just sort of staying whatever they wanted under the video, yeah. uh, if you had to engage with the discussion and the discussion only, that would have been pretty, I want to say, not great. Right. If it was if it was a lot of people asking for troubleshooting or whatever, there would have been a right. lot of stuff to sift through for anybody who was looking for like a real discussion just about the game. Right. Right. So, you know, when I think about. Right. Because it's organized by the videos. Right. Like yeah. if we don't want to look at it, we don't have to. Those are the videos we can just ignore. Yeah. Our own videos. I mean. And also, you know, you don't have to look at the comments at all. You can just watch the video and that's it. And then stop yeah. there. And the comments are sort of an opt in thing that aren't the primary right. piece of content. Right. Uh, but for. Uh, the subreddit, yeah, I, I can imagine if back then uh, glitch talk was allowed, you know, there'd be a huge amount of posts just asking about the glitch and can I get the stork and whatever. And the uh, mods would have probably had yeah. to do uh, threads for the glitches and then discussion stuff and yeah. then whatever. It would have been a lot more work to right. try to, you know, manage all of that and to get it to a place where there would be a good discussion. Or and, you can just say, no, nope, not it's happening. Not, it wouldn't have been particularly enriching either. See, because based on our experience, typically there's a very small number of people who have that same problem who are willing to participate. And most of the people just ignore everybody else's uh, comments. And yeah. they just start their own, even if it's been answered 10 times, even if it's in the video and it's specifically addressed. Yeah. And I think that you've hit it right on the, the nail right on the head is that for the cost in moderating yeah. that kind of discussion, it would have added very little to the community yeah and you've got limited resources right then yeah. you just decide yeah it's not worth it for for them and also in the same way we needed to be really particular about what we were doing you know uh not advertising any glitches that we didn't stand behind you know right. giving all that troubleshooting and support and then trying to you know help figure stuff out make it as safe as possible and then give people as much information as right. possible right. uh if you have a bunch of people posting glitches and you're not sort of checking each one individually there's going to be people who are coming back upset who like ruined their accounts or whatever who are like yeah. this doesn't work this you know i got banned xyz and it would be so much of a pain in the butt i mean it was kind of a pain in the butt for us uh even <laughs> sometimes yeah. with yeah. having done everything that we could right and we took that on and part of the reason why we took that on is you know we we're getting a bunch of views from it when you get like yeah. three hundred thousand views on a video right uh, that's a, that's a heady feeling, and you're okay with some people in the comments being like, "This doesn't work," uh, even when they saw it on a different video and somebody else's video and came back to us complaining about it. Yeah, so yeah. it's a it's an easier sell to us when uh, we sort of have uh, there's selfish reasons for us oh, to do it. And and the other thing too is we had some expertise. Part of it yeah. is that there was probably only one time where we did a video on a glitch. Yeah. And had to come back to it, but we're clear from the very beginning that there were still things that we weren't sure about. Yeah. And that we tested it. And so that when we were sort of getting feedback on sort of the limits, what people were experiencing, yeah. we were able to do a second video that explained a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And when we figured it out. So that was, we'd already put in the time and the expertise before we even filmed the video. So at the point where the discussion started, we could answer most of those questions yeah. without having to, to do more research again. So yeah. And I, that made a difference. Yeah. And I guess the long and the short of it is that the subreddit is pretty, pretty great. It is. There's a huge amount of information. There's lots of people who are particularly helpful and there's, 
I gotta say, every once in a while, they come up with a really cool idea that m- motivates me and inspires me to do something different. Yeah, and the same with the wiki. The wiki is such yeah. a good source of yeah. ex- surprisingly exhaustive information. I've yeah. seen, you know, a lot worse spaces for for finding stuff, and for the the amount of granularity, the amount of uh, the the quality of it is really yeah. unexpected yeah. for what it is. I, yeah. you know, for all the time and effort and energy. Uh, that we've dedicated to the game. I could never do anything like that wiki. So right. the the people who've made and maintained that are, right. are something. They're, he- they're I won't say they're heroes. They are stars. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're pretty special. They're they're legendary gear. Yeah, they're legendary. They're, but they're... not the Batmobile. Yeah, they're better than the Batmobile. <laughs> um. So. Our next comment comes from It's Kinetic, and they say, Hey, BDC Care, quick question for your next Q&A. Could you go over some important gear combos and gear-slash-character-passive combos that do stack and some important ones that don't stack? For example, does the damage boost from Ibis stick for Special 2 stack with the damage boost from Heart of Darkness? Does the stun damage boost from Necron Scythe stack with the stun damage boost from Cloak of Destiny? Uh, I know there are more examples of these, so feel free to go as much or as little in depth as you wish. Thanks, guys. So we talked about it a little bit with New 52 Superman, I think. Yeah. In the no damage, like Arkham Knight Batman, because some of them stack in different ways. And I think some of them, like, it's an interesting question. So when, all right, so let me go go back. Let me break down this question. Does the damage boost from Ibis stick for special two stack with the damage boost from Heart of Darkness? I mean, I'm going to say I don't really know. My guess is that it does. And I think it. I probably don't care enough to test it because the amount of boost that you get from it is not nearly as much as you would get from increasing the crit chance. And this threshold, like if your teams are evenly matched, if you're in multiplayer, yeah, the amount of damage output you get from special two should be more than enough, except for the people. So there's that concept you're talking about where when you boost something, but it doesn't make a material difference, even yeah. though the numbers are better. What was that thing called? Like, I always forget. I forget. I forget what it is. It's something like a threshold or whatever. Like a difference threshold, maybe? I don't yeah. I don't remember. The so, you know, you boost it 20% or 40%, that's not going to be the difference between whether you win that fight or not. Yeah. You boost it 100%, sure, but there aren't any gears that boost special two the same way, except for crit. Crit will do that. Mm-hmm. So, the interesting part, though, because there's another thing. There's a stun damage boost from Necron Scythe stack with a stun boost from Cloak of Destiny. That, to me, is more interesting because the degree of boost that yeah. you would get would be the difference between... What two hundred or four hundred percent boost? Yeah, that's spectacular, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have seen. I think it was in last week's Q and A with each of the Phantom Zone runs. Yeah, you saw Batgirl on the team. So that's who we're testing on. That's why she was in those fights. And the so the hard part is she, her tagging has a chance of stunning, but it's more likely not to stun than to stun. So we had to wait for repeat uh, executions of special one that didn't stun. And then you do the special one to start the stun mm-hmm. and then the f- tail end damage with both. So uh, we know that swiping counts for a certain amount of the damage. And as my fingers get older and more arthritic and mm-hmm. thicker, I'm not doing 200% as consistently. So in a quick test, we got 195% on both different loadouts. So one loadout was um, Necron Scythe and Cloak of Destiny. And the other one 
uh, did not. What was the, th- the third year? I can't even remember. I think it might have been the Assassins. I can't remember. It might have even been um, LexCore Gauntlets. Hmm. All right. So, anyways, we can go back and look at the footage later. But so the you get the two hundred percent boost from Necron Scythe. You get the one hundred ninety five percent of her special two. Right. But basically, it's like a one point nine five. Yeah. So 195% because 100% is the base, right? So you're only adding 95% and there's a 300% crit boost because of the cloak. Uh, so there's 50% from the cloak and 150% base. Yeah. Another 100% from the augmentations, right? There's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of numbers. Here. There's a lot of yeah. numbers. Okay. No, no. So it was Lexor Gauntlets. Okay. So that's to increase the chance of crit. So it would be easier to reproduce the same results because you want, because she's got 50% crit chance. You mm-hmm. want to increase the chance of crit so that each time you're comparing one crit uh, attack from another, if it's half the time, then you're going to have to do twice mm-hmm. as many uh, yeah. scenarios. Okay. So Cloak was on both. Lexcore was on both. One had an empty third slot and one had Necron Scythe. Yeah. And so her base damage on the way we've got her, I think it was level 60 Elite 10. Base damage for special one was 20,980. Mm-hmm. Max was 41,960. And I think, I believe there's actually something wrong with the stun numbers. Uh, because the first part of her special one is fixed. You can't do anything about it. There's no minigame for it. Yeah. Small damage though. But then the second part, you do the minigame. And the second part does. So it should be a little bit less than double, but it's exactly double. Yeah. And that goes into why some of these numbers might not be exact. So she did 380,211 damage with Necron Scythe. 254,331 without. Yeah. And so if you take the 380 divided by 3... Yeah, so the, the first thing there is that obviously there's a difference in damage. Oh, yeah. Huge difference. So yeah. it's enough to say that, yeah, it does stack. Clearly. Yeah, something's happening. So the there. question is whether it stacks the way we expect it to based on how it works. Is with New 52 um, Shazam, when you block, you reduce damage by 50%, but you actually cut it in half as opposed to the gear effects of reduced damage and the passive effects of reduced damage, which is just subtracts a certain amount. So you get straight down, you can get down to zero with gears and passive, you can't get down to zero with blocking. Yeah. So that's sort of an important distinction. So if you take 380,000, you divide it by three, right? 300% crit to remove the crit damage. You divide it by 595 to get down to the base damage out of boosted, right? Because there's um, 95, yeah. Uh, 200, 200. Anyways, all right, so multiply by 395, get the boosted damage. Then multiply back by the crit again by three, you get 252,000, which is close to 254, which we expect. And that's probably because the first part, not stunned. Mm-hmm. And so it's not boosted by anything. And I think it's, um yeah, it would be way more work to do all the math. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. Um, and if you do it reverse, the calculations, it's again, you get, if you had the 254 that we ended up seeing, you'd expect the amount with Necron Scythe to be 383 and it actually was 380. So that was close enough and that fits with the fact that the first part is not stunned and not boosted by either Cloak or Necron. Yeah, so they, they do stack. Uh, but hearing how big all of these numbers are, the real question is why would you need them to stack? The only reason you need them to stack actually is if you're doing splash damage. Yeah. Like I think we talked about this way back when. Or Survivor like, maybe. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Because for a survivor, no matter how big the number gets, you're eventually going to need a bigger number. Yeah, that's right, for sure. It's um, 
so it's it's interesting. We had this discussion like years ago when it first came out that there were certain fun things to do to try to just max out the amount of damage you could do. And a lot of it is meaningless. Like if you do more damage, you can still do more damage than the opponent has health. Yeah. And those numbers count and they're just interesting. Where it really gets useful though is if you spread the love and it's worth really sort of trying to max out the damage if you're going to give 50% of it to the opponents that are off the screen. Yeah. I mean, that was a big thing with Ares, right? It used to be, before Tantu Totem, the, the real strategy is do as much splash damage as possible. Mm-hmm. Because when it's the first guy that you're facing, 50% of each of them, it's basically doing double the damage just spread over other people. And because you didn't have Tantu Totem, you didn't even care if it reduced your damage on the guy facing you right then. Because overall, you just want the biggest damage output that's actually useful. Mm-hmm. And now with Tantu Totem... I think the focus has to be less on splash damage and more on making sure that you do enough damage to knock out the person in front of you so you get your power back. Mm-hmm. So there we uh, go. Yeah. Uh, our next question comes from just another guy. And they say, just bought Arkham Knight Batman and Catwoman. Can I get copies of them now from PAX? Like, and Metal, also, where else could I get them? Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned the wiki very recently because I think this information is available on the wiki. Yeah. And Arkham Knight Catwoman has been reported in the 400 Anth Metal Pack, and you don't need a copy for her. And Arkham Knight Batman should be available in 800 Anth Metal Pack uh, without needing a copy, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is now, all our account, the accounts that we're working with all have it, so it's hard for us to test unless we got like a new hacked account or something. Yeah, because we need a new it. account with enough resources to actually check stuff out for ourselves. Yeah. Which is hard. If it was just a new account, anything that we could just make a new account for, that would be easy. But the the fact that it needs to be a new account with a bunch of stuff on it is hard and not something that we're willing to uh, invest to answer a question, unfortunately. Yeah, the interesting thing is they were both um, in the Arkham Pack 1 that we covered in our weekly recap January 25th, $25 Canadian cash pack, chance of both. And I think it was hanging around another week, too. Yeah, I mean, that, that might be where this person got it from. Yeah. Yeah, but Arkham Knight Batman is interesting. I, I think as an individual character, the, the problem with the way the game is set up is that it's you're always fighting with the team. It's not a problem so much as the problem with the discussion around it is you're always fighting with them as a team. Yeah. But as an individual, I don't think there's anybody better than Arkham Knight Batman. And he's got way better synergy with other potential Arkham teammates than, say, Injustice 2 Superman, who is also the other best individual. I think people get hung up on that. Yeah. And it goes back to underrated and i think honestly hot girl prime is mm-hmm. the most underrated because on any team where you're pretty much any team as long as you've got tantu totem you yeah. want she's the best she's better than having like, I'll, I'll make the argument if you she's better than injustice to superman as a teammate if mm. you're using tantu totem because what you've done is you've instantly made your special specialist better and injustice to superman doesn't have that yeah okay Strong argument. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it. I think I think I agree, but I I'll let you have your own opinion. Yeah, well, Hot Girl will improve two characters, right? That's true. So if you if you do Tantu Totem and Master's Death on one character, it improves one. But if you spread them out, like let's say you've got a team of Batgirl and Luchador Bane. Now they're both basically tag in nukes. Yeah. And you can swap them back and forth, and they swap out fast enough that they're not vulnerable to anybody. Mm. No, you make a good point. She's definitely 
Very good. We have a lot of love. I think for her, Containment Suit, Doomsday, and The Flashes are probably the yeah. three characters that we have a lot of uh, uh, maybe an outsized affection for. And you can see in the video, because right now we're not watching the video that you're, that's, this commentary is going to be, or this question and answer is going to be um, linked to, I guess. Yeah, thank goodness it wasn't yeah. a commentary. Otherwise, yeah. we'd be yeah. <laughs> flying, yeah. flying in the dark. But you can see how Reverse Flash, even without the speed boost, does a pretty good job of juggling people, even when they've got a bar of power. And so they are, the, the, until you screw up the juggle like we do, they're actually holding a bar of power and still not using it on us. Mm. Reverse Flash is great. Elsewhere Flash used to be amazing. They're all really good. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, and I think that's actually about good for this week, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on our half an hour mark, which is normally what we try to hit. Uh, so to finish up, I'd like to give a shout out to Eliza, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Caton. Hello, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> it's kind of half Mickey Mouse. What the hell was that? I don't know. Well, last week I did um, Macho Man Randy Savage, and I knew what he sounded like because he goes, "Oh yeah, brother," uh, give or take. Don't, don't they? Isn't there like a standard wrestling voice? Like the, all the male wrestlers have like a deep, raspy, hoarse kind of voice, and it's just more of the extreme, like how much they shout. And hey, stuff. I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like what? Yeah, yeah. That's... Basically, like you wouldn't be able to tell. Like if you just said it. Like, yeah, I don't. If you don't know them well enough to actually do a really good impression, and I think the subtlety, you know what, you know what it's like. It's like a difference between whiskeys. If you've never had a lot of whiskey, they all sound, they all taste the same. And I'm sure if you drank a lot of whiskey yeah. or you watched a lot of wrestling, you would be able to tell the difference. But when you don't, it, it's all. Do that they all have gravelly voices though? Because I feel like John Cena just sounds like nice and like vaguely like Midwestern, doesn't he? When he's wrestling or when he's I don't know when he's wrestling. I don't don't watch wrestling. The Rock sounds different when he's acting. He doesn't sound like that all the time. He's just got a deep voice. But I think, you know, there's always a lot of yelling and a lot of, like, you know, the kind of pre-fight kind of hype stuff Mm -hmm. where there's, I don't know. Oh, and then who's the the disaster at Sacrifice guy? You know that that meme video? No. Uh, I'll have to do that next week. Maybe that's my next week shout out. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I went into Mickey Mouse there. I was just going to go a little high pitch, but I really wanted, I, <laughs> there's a Mickey Mouse turn at the end. Um, anyways, we'd also like to give a huge thank you to all the lovely folks who support us on Patreon. Yeah, that would be Victor Gomez, Constable Peasant, and Ed Wun, who is supporting us at the highest tier, last word. Cinemac and Mohammed Al Shady at the Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irvin Ruiz and Eddie Dew at the credited level. Mm-hmm. And Chris Wolf, Scarlet Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malat, is for E at the gratitude level. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.